building up godly men for a better tomorrow. This is On the Edge with Ken Harrison, where we inspire men of integrity to put faith into action together. Today's show will feature highlights from our recent live Promise Keepers event held in Arlington, Texas this past summer. Today's program features General Jerry Boykin, Pastor Jonathan Evans, Pastor A.R. Bernard, and Evangelist Nick Vujicic. Let's get to today's show. We were sent into Mogadishu, Somalia. You know it as Black Hawk Down. We were sent there to, to grab a, a notorious warlord named Muhammad Fariad. That was an evil place. And on the 3rd of October, we got in an 18-hour firefight. And that we, we were fighting tens of thousands of wild-eyed, drug-crazed Somalis, all of which wanted to kill an infidel, wanted to kill an American. And listen carefully to what I'm telling you. At the end of that 18-hour fight, 15 of my soldiers were dead. My most vivid memory of Mogadishu was a five-ton truck coming back into the, our base with the dead on the bottom and the wounded stacked up on top of the dead. And I dropped the tailgate on that truck and the blood poured out like water. And my heart broke. My heart broke as I said, God, where were you? Where were you, God? I saw on a little black and white television on CNN International as they dragged the bodies of several of my soldiers through the streets of Mogadishu and mutilated them and desecrated them. And my heart was breaking. As I was saying, God, where were you? Where were you, God? I sat down on my bunk that night when no one could see me. We got our dead and wounded evacuated. I sat down on my bunk and I was angry with God. My anger towards God burned. I was so angry with God. And I said, God, where were you? Where were you, God? You've been here for me all this time. You've been here for all my soldiers all these times in the desert in Iran, in Panama, in Grenada. Where were you this time? Didn't you hear my prayer? And then the answer came to me, and the answer was, there is no God. There is no God. Because if there was a God, this would not have happened. Well, I didn't come all the way to Texas to tell you there's no God. Because the moment I, th I said there is no God, I heard the voice of the Lord. And you can say what you want to. You can think what you want to. But I heard the voice of the Lord. As he said, if there's no God, there's no hope. And I immediately repented and I immediately said, God, I'm so sorry. God, you've stood with us as warriors so many times. And I know you're here now. I'm sorry, God. And I opened my Bible. I said, God, I don't, I don't understand. Just give me something. I opened my Bible. I just opened it to Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. There are things you cannot understand on this life. But when you cross the Jordan, you can ask God about them. If they still matter to you. God has called us to fear him. And if we fear him as men and take him seriously, you'll always know it by how you walk. That's what faith is. 
And he gives a blessing when you have the right walk. I asked my dad when I was 18 years old, how in the world did you make it from your point A to your point B? If you know Tony Evans' story, he was from the inner city of Baltimore, Maryland, where the word statistic derives its meaning. I mean, he's from the wire, raised by high school dropouts. He ate herring every night for dinner. For all of you fishermen, you know what herring is. It's the fish that's got millions of bones that you got to pick through just to get to the meat. His dad was a longshoreman. They didn't have any money. So he would fish at the, at the, at the job, and then he would come back and bring home all of this fish. So if you ever see Tony Evans and you want to take him out for lunch, don't offer him no fish because he ain't going to eat it. I said, Dad, how did you get from them streets to where you're the first in our family's history to graduate from high school, to graduate from college, the first African-American to graduate from Dallas Theological Seminary with a PhD? You started a church with 10 people in a house that now is over 10,000, a radio broadcast in your garage that now is in over 1,400 countries and over 140 uh, countries and over 1,400 stations around the world. How in the world did you become the chaplain of the Dallas Cowboys in the Tom Landry days? How in the world did you become the chaplain of the Mavericks at their conception as an organization? How in the world did you get from that block and those circumstances over to where God has you right now? He said, you really want to know, son? I said, yeah, I'm 18 and I'm asking you questions. Aren't you impressed? Answer. He said, go read Hebrews chapter 11 and tell me what you see. I said, what is this, a spiritual Easter egg hunt? Just tell me, had you made it from your point A to your point B? He said, no, that's not how I work. Go read Hebrews chapter 11 and tell me what you see. And I went to Hebrews chapter 11, and it says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. By faith, Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain. Verse 4. Verse, verse 5 says, by faith, Enoch was caught up. Verse 7 says, by faith, Noah built an ark. Verse 8 says, by faith, Abraham obeyed, even though he had no idea where he was going. Verse 22 says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob. Verse 24 says, by faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 31 says, by faith, Rahab hid the spies. I closed the book and I looked back to my dad and I said, dad, I guess I know how you did it. He said, how did I do it, boy? He said, he did it by faith. He said, bingo, boy, that's how you walk. If you want God to take you to the next level, he wants to see you walk. Well, how do I walk? You walk by faith. You may not be able to see it. You may not be able to understand it. You may not be able to know it, but you do it simply because God said it. I said, dad, what is faith? How do I walk this out? And I'm going to give you a Tony Evansism simply because he's not here. He said, faith is acting like it is so, even when it's not so, so that it might be so, simply because God said so. I found a Jesus who took issue with the religious leaders of his day regarding their interpretation of scripture. They had a hermeneutic of works, a hermeneutic of segregation, a hermeneutic of Jewish superiority, and Jesus challenged them on that. Like an Isaiah the prophet, 
He showed concern for the peace of his own city, at the same time knowing that his message would cause people to choose between truth and falsehood, between God and man. I found a Jesus who taught that there is no temporal value as important as the life of the human soul, but he still healed the sick and afflicted in body when he forgave their sins. I found a Jesus who taught the, that the word of God is more important than our necessary food, yet he fed the 5,000, he fed the 4,000. I found a Jesus who made it clear, very clear distinction between fundamental principles of life and religious traditions of little worth. I found a Jesus who recognized that some of the men who were not part of his community were closer to God and closer to the kingdom of God than his own people. I found a Jesus that though he commanded his disciples to seek the kingdom above all else, he did not teach them to despise earthly wealth and prosperity. I found a Jesus who said, you cannot love family more than me, but at the same time, honor mother and father. I found a Jesus who was concerned about order in the house of God, reminding them that his house is a house of prayer, not a den of thieves. I found a Jesus who was concerned about the temporally oppressed and the responsibility of the powerful to help them, emphasizing that we are our brother's keeper. I found a Jesus who was concerned about freedom from poverty and freedom from wealth. I found a Jesus who was concerned about integrity amongst the spiritual leaders of his day. I found a Jesus who said he would build a community of believers with whom he would have a special relationship. They would be united by his kingdom, his righteous way of thinking and doing and being. They would be united by their surrender to his lordship in service and obedience. I could go on, but the music's playing. I found a Jesus who is not on TikTok, he's not on Twitter, he's not on Facebook, he has no Instagram account, but today, this very moment, he has 2.1 billion followers around the world that identify with him and are willing to surrender their lives to his lordship and his glory. Come on, brothers, shout the praises of God. This is the Jesus who fashioned me, shaped me into the man that I am today that my children can respect, that my wife of 50 years can respect and admire. This is the Jesus who gave me the opportunity to speak into your life today as a witness, as a witness of the kingdom of God and the Lordship of Christ and what it can do to take a person from a heart of hate to a heart of love and open them to a new way of thinking, doing, and being. This is the Jesus. This is the Jesus that we celebrate, men. This is the manhood that we want to emulate, men.
This is a character that we want to build into our lives. This is a Jesus that set me free in 1975 and has kept me free since then. This is the Jesus I honor today. Today's episode is brought to you through the generosity of Waterstone. For nearly 40 years, Waterstone has assisted givers in supporting their favorite charities, like Promise Keepers, by crafting customized, innovative giving solutions. Waterstone gift strategists stand ready to create your personalized charitable plan, utilizing business interests, real estate, appreciated assets, charitable trusts, giving funds, and more. These donor-specific giving strategies allow givers to bypass capital gains taxes, receive a fair market value charitable deduction, and have tax-free growth for years to come. Prioritize income, minimize taxes, and optimize your giving with Waterstone. Find out how to give and receive the most from your assets by visiting www.waterstone.org. And now, back to today's show. As you can see, I have a pair of shoes right here. People say, Nick, I heard you have a pair of shoes in your closet. I said, it's true. And before I tell you about my shoes, I want to first of all share with you the greatest dream that I had had for many, many years, which was to find true love, to never feel alone to find purpose in my life. As a kid, I went through a lot. But I always tell teenagers that I believe it's worse being in a broken home than having no arms and no legs. And as we go through our broken pieces in our life, God doesn't just let us go through things. He allows us to grow through things. But when you're having those growth pain not spurts, <laughs> uh, not days, years. You get tired. And while you're waiting, you wonder. Tonight we're going to be talking about faith. Tonight we're going to be talking about God's plan and purpose for you. First of all, though, I want you to see the screen. This is my family. My wife and two sons are here tonight at the stadium, Kiyoshi and Dayan. Kanae and I have been married for nearly 10 years now. We have a total of four children, Kiyoshi who's eight, Dayan who's five, Olivia and Ali, twin girls who are three and a half. They're already taller than me. I'm the shortest uh, in the house. And I tell you, on my wedding night, my dad said, son, I said, yes, dad. I never wanted to tell you this. I said, what's that, dad? He said, I never believed you'd get married. He said, not only did you get married, you got married to the most amazing, gorgeous woman of God I, I've ever met in my life. And I'll tell you right now, when I was a kid, I never thought I'd ever get married, never have kids. Can I just say that when you give your broken pieces to the Lord, He can do beautiful things with broken pieces much better than you. And Jeremiah 29 verse 11, 
It says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And when I was a kid, I thought that verse was not for me. The scripture goes on to say, Then you will call upon me, come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Then you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. In Australian, it's heart. In Latin America, it's corazón. But I want you to know that when you are looking for that hope and you know you haven't found it yet, you know that your intellect can only take you so far. You know that your own plans can only take you so far. You know that, yes, you're going to get married. Yes, you're going to have children. Yes, you're going to have a house. Yes, you're going to pay off the car. And before you know it, you're old. And you look back at your life and you're like, wow, I sacrificed my entire life so that my children can have the opportunities that I never got. But then I realized later on, now as a grandpa, that my kids needed me more than opportunity. And I just want to say here a couple things. I am sorry if you never had a father. I am sorry if you were abused sexually, emotionally, mentally. I am sorry for the torment that the enemy has given you. And I'll never be a person to say that I understand what you've been through. But I can tell you that God is a promise keeper. And when he says, all things come together for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. Guess what? He means it. When the Bible says, those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount upon wings like eagles. They shall walk and not grow weary. They shall run and not faint. He means that he will be with you. And when you read Philippians 4.13, it's not about succeeding. It's not about dreaming. It's about enduring. If you are going through torment, if you feel like your life is getting pretty shaky right now, if you feel like there are times in your life where you don't know which way is up right now, I want to tell you, beware my brothers when everything is going smooth. Because there is someone who hates you. His name is the devil and his hordes of demons and I've seen them and which doctors fall when we're walking by. We've seen demons walk through the wall. We've seen the spiritual realm. We've seen also the amazing Holy Spirit manifesting physical healings as well. We've seen blind people seeing, deaf people hearing, lame people walking in my own back. In 2002, I was diagnosed, not just with a scoliosis, but a syrinx. The doctor came to me after the report that he saw. He said, I got some bad news. I said, what's that? He said, you were born with the red disease. I said, yeah, I know. He said, no, you were born with the syrinx. I said, what's that? He said, your spine is going to turn into nothing by age 35. You have three holes here, here, and here. And I didn't want to check up, couldn't care less. If I couldn't do anything about it, big deal, except to pray. And I'll tell you right now, 
When I was 19, I was already an ordained evangelist, a minister of the gospel, preaching in Brisbane, because in 2013, Reggie Dabbs came to my school, and I thought to myself, oh, maybe one day I could be a speaker. Left it at that. His janitor made a huge difference in his life. Hello, my janitor at that same school said to me, you're going to be a worldwide speaker. Let me arrange your first speech in that same school. And I said, no, for three months. He twisted my arm. I said, yes, I spoke in front of these students out of obedience. Can you say that word obedience? Out of faith. Can you say that word faith? Out of obedience and faith, F-A-I-T-H, full assurance in the heart that despite what you feel, despite what you see, despite what you know, you know that God is a promise keeper. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things, endure all things through Christ who strengthens me. For the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now lives in me and there is no power on this planet or below in the pit of hell, who can get me? Na, 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 na. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Where? Now look, it doesn't mean that I wake up and say, thank you, Lord. I need my coffee. You see my foot? Cameras, switch, ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. We have good days and bad days. Look at Apostle Paul. Look at Job. Talk about bad couple of years, guys. But when we understand the power of the Lord and we know that he has a plan for you at 19 years old, I knew that I was to be an evangelist but it's not about what to do for the Lord. It's understanding whose you are. Why am I here? That was my biggest question. Why me? God, if you're a promise keeper, where are you? You say that you are a God of miracles. I today have seen him. But back then, I couldn't see him. I couldn't feel him. I wanted to know him, and he wouldn't speak to me. And all I saw was a grim future, and all I felt was loneliness, and all I imagined was a lonely life, a burden to my parents being bullied for the rest of my life. And I want you to know that in your life right now, God sees you. God hears you. He knows your tears. He knows your fears. Don't give up on God. God will not give up on you. He may not take a thorn from your side, but His grace is sufficient for you. That's the promise of God. And my God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the promise keeper. Even when I fail, God is faithful. Hallelujah. Everyone say, thank you, Lord. 
At 19, they told me that my back had three holes. Later on, I had a pinching in my nerve. I couldn't feel my left arm, so I went to get another MRI. This time, I was already living in California, being living in the United States of America. God allowed us to form our ministry, Life Without Limbs, that has preached the gospel all around the world in 74 countries. I want you to see this photo up here. Hopefully, they still got it standing by. Do you see it? Give me a thumbs up when you see it. Do you see that? That is actually the national government of Ukraine in 2017 during the 500th year anniversary of Martin Luther King allowing people to hold a Bible in their possession without being killed for it. So they had to, in the European Union, put time and money aside in schools on TV and in government to talk about the importance of the Bible. And I was the privileged evangelist to talk about that. And while it was feed, fed on national television, do you see the national congregation, uh, national uh, government? They're on their knees. I asked them to go on their knees and ask God to forgive Ukraine of their sins and heal their land according to 2 Chronicles 7.14. Now let me ask you a question. What would that look like in America? Have you ever prayed for that? Have you ever fasted for that? Do you think that would bring revival? What does revival even look like? Well, I'll tell you, I was not even praying for my back and I got a checkup on my spine and the doctor scratches his head. He said, you don't have three holes, you have two holes. And then the next checkup, not two holes, one hole. I said, thank you, Lord. He said, it's medically unexplainable. I said, cool. I said, I know why it happened. He said, why? He said, Jesus. Can you hear an amen? Nine months later, did a checkup, no holes. And I'll tell you right now, some people wait for a miracle to believe that that's what they need. I've actually met people who told me I had cancer, I got healed of cancer, and then I uh, drifted away from the Lord. I'm like, wow. I want you to know that I was waiting for arms and legs to find the promise keeper and the plan that God had for me. Arms and legs, they're just going to give me arthritis later on anyway. And when God doesn't change something, he's going to use it for bad or for good. Bad. What the enemy tried to use for bad, God can what? Turn it into good for his glory. Little did I know that I would meet little Daniel born without arms and legs in Anaheim, California. And I saw him out in the crowd and he was lifted above the crowd. And I looked at him and he looked like me. And I'm like, man, I want to give him a hug. He came up on stage and everyone was crying. And that's when I realized, my brothers, pray for your miracle as You are led to pray for your needs, for your desires. But let me tell you right now, 
that when you don't get a miracle, you can still be a miracle of God for somebody else. And if God can use a man without arms and legs to be his hands and feet, then God can use any willing heart. And I don't mind that there was a spying drone above my house. And I don't mind that there was a grenade found in my house. And I don't mind that someone's trying to sue me. And I don't mind if there's false articles about me. I don't care if there is a car bomb threat. I don't care if my planes Planes, commercial planes, I don't own a private. Commercial planes struck by lightning, I don't care. You wanna know why? Cause this thing is just a temporary tent. If I am not here, guess where I'm going, baby? Someday morning when this life is over, I'll fly away. I don't care what the world thinks of me. That's what Reggie said. When I was 13, it stuck with me. When the world says you're not good enough, get a second opinion. Not your neighbor, not your uncle, not your aunt. Ask God, God, what do you think of me? God, tell me, tell me what your plan is. Keep seeking, my son. Keep seeking, my son. Keep worshiping. Am I worthy? for your worship am i worthy have i not sent my son jesus christ to die for you that you may have eternal life oh but i want this but i want that no just a few more weary days ahead i'll fly away i mean come on this bible the word of god it says i am fearfully and wonderfully made oh god's forgotten you no he has more precious thoughts of you than all the grains of sand in the world my friends god can't stop thinking about you and he's asking you today will you trust me my parents when they saw me for the first time with no arms and no legs god said will you trust me when i was eight years old i heard nothing from god except it must have been a silent will you trust me and i said no i said i hate you i don't want to talk to you you're not here at age 10 i tried to commit suicide who would have known that a limbless evangelist would stand in front of the gates of hell, redirecting traffic, and preach the gospel to 733 million people. God did. God did. I have a pair of shoes. People ask me, well, how'd you know the size? I have a friend in California. His name's Kyle. Someone in Australia said, God's going to give you arms and legs. I said, and what size shoe do you want me to buy? That's what she said. You need to buy a pair of shoes. She said, seven. I'm like, that's a little small. And I said, God, I don't know how you're going to show me, but you're going to have to show me for, you, for me directly that it's size seven. I have a friend in California and I just got a tailored suit and he put it on because he was a little cold and it fit him perfect backstage before I was preaching. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, God, here's the fleece. If he has size seven shoes, I'll buy my shoes. 
I asked him later that night, I said, hey, dude, I got a weird question for you. And I was at the hotel, his wife's next to us. I said, what size shoe are you? And I'm thinking in my head, God, if he says seven and a half, six and a half, it's not seven. It needs to be seven. He said, seven and a half. I'm thinking, see, God, it's not true. He didn't say seven. And his wife turns to him and says, honey, you're seven. I have size seven shoes. Am I waiting for arms and legs? No. Do I pray for arms and legs? Yes. I don't need arms and legs. I don't need a big paycheck. Not just because I, quote unquote, you think I make more money than you. Money comes and goes. Money is nothing. You get more money and guess what you want? More money. You get more money and now you're worried about all the money you have and who's going to stab you in the back. Money is money. That is not where joy comes. Money, drugs, sex, alcohol, pornography, fame, and fortune. If you put your happiness in temporary things, your happiness will be temporary. But if your joy is in the Lord, my Lord is a promise keeper. And if I hold on to him, he will hold on to me. And he loves you. He loves you. My God is the God who can do exceedingly abundantly more than I can ever ask, imagine, or attain. That's my God. Age 15, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. When I read about a story about a man that was born blind, no one knew why he was born that way. Jesus said it was done so that the works of God would be revealed through him. Jesus spits in the dirt. Can you imagine if you're blind and you hear this conversation and then you hear a and then someone comes up to this guy giving him a facial. Can you imagine someone's giving me a facial and I'm blind and I, I hear everything. He doesn't warn me. He doesn't say, hey, my name's JC, Mr. Blind Man. I'm the healer. I'm going to make clay put it on your face and you're going to see. He didn't say that. Wouldn't it be nice if God said, man, Nick, don't worry because I'm going to take you around the world and meet 21 presidents and you're going to be on television by age 38. You're going to meet an author of six books that sold 3 million books in 40 languages. You're going to advise three national governments for their school system. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. If he told me all of that at age eight, I would die. Do you want to know why God's never going to give you a blueprint? Because if you knew the plan, where do you need faith? My brothers, this is where America has failed. We have heard it, the tickling of our ears. Just believe, just do good, just tithe, just wait, and he will always say yes, false. The pinnacle of your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is not when you have a fantastic life here on earth. This is not your home. This is war. War for your kids, for your neighbors, for your neighborhood, for your city, for your state, for your country, and for the world. Two billion people don't know what a snack is. 60 million sex slaves, great compassion, international, great. You didn't sponsor a kid. How about supporting a family in your own church to help take one of the one out of a half a million foster kids in our own backyard? 
How about adopting? We have a mission. This is not about sipping a pina colada and how you feel going to church this week. Could it get less? How much did you read your Bible from Monday to Sunday? How many verses did you memorize? That is where revival comes. We're not Elijah. Has God told you, make an altar and fire will come from heaven? If God has not told you that, then guess what? Build a fire before you pray for fire. Ooh. Get the log. Dry the wood. Make a burn pile for Jesus. Then get a lighter. Then get some starter fluid. He gave you knowledge. Pray every day. Know my scripture and trust me. Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding and he will direct your paths. Amen. Thank God he gives us faith. And when we don't have it, we can ask for faith. And guess what? He gives it as long as you search with all your heart, which means if you haven't found him, don't give up on your search for the promise keeper because he will always keep his promises. Jesus heals the blind man and he sees. And I said, God, if you give me physical healing, awesome. But if not, I know my shame. I'm going to ask the band to come up here, please. Thank you. Thank you, worship band. God, if you give me arms and legs, awesome. I got shoes that I thought would not run, kind of dance. I think I'd dance. I think I'd dance. I can dance. I can shuffle. My man, I dance. I'll be dancing in heaven. But why wait for heaven to dance? You see, it was at that moment where I realized my soul is lost. I had shame. I had guilt. I'd go to sleep at night worried about what the world would think of me, hearing those stupid little voices saying, you're not good enough. God's not real. He doesn't love you. Just give up. There is no purpose. There is no God. And I want you to know it doesn't matter who you are. You hear these voices. And the only way to overcome these lies is with the truth. And the truth shall set you free. I don't, play, I don't pray for revival for this country. I don't. I pray that the believers learn to do this every day. To build a fire. To pray for more than just, oh Lord, bless this food, blah, 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 blah. That is not a relationship with Jesus Christ.
And I was wondering, how do I know that I know that I know that Jesus lives? I know. Because there is only one cure. Look at every religion. One cure for death. It's resurrection. Only one resurrected. Only one said he was Lord. Only one said, I am God in the flesh. Both God and man. You want someone to be compassionate and you're scared? Remember that Jesus sweat blood out of fear. Have you sweat blood out of fear? Jesus did. You ever been nailed to a cross? Jesus did that for you. There was only one who was holy. Jesus said, I am holy. He didn't say, I know the way, so I'll give you a map and good luck. That's what everyone else said. And in fact, everyone else said in all the other philosophies and religions, they say, if you're just good enough, then good will happen. Eh, if you just do this, 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 then maybe you'll get there. I don't want to wait for a maybe. I want to bank on the promise keeper who is faithful the one cure which is resurrection and it's jesus christ and none other and i said god heal me of arms and give me arms and legs but if you don't give me arms legs, use me use this pain and he will god will not allow you to go through pain in vain he will use what you're growing through trust in him Pray, read, fast. You want to build a fire? When was the last time you fasted without food? That's the light of fluid. Read it in the Bible. You're waiting for God to move? Black and white, right here. There are things that prayer will not break that only fasting can break. When was the last time you fasted for your marriage? When was the last time you fasted for your addiction? When was the last time you fasted for your children's salvation? When was the last time? When? Now. And you know that you don't have Jesus in your heart. And if you die tonight, you don't know where you're going to be. I want you to go to sleep tonight to know that He is the resurrection and the life. And He loves you. He loves you just the way that you are. Well, what if I give my life to Jesus Christ and I say the F-bomb and I go in a hell? Hell no. There are some things that need to be shaken, shaken, shaken off. Some people give their life to Jesus and I've met them and they were a cocaine addict, heroin addict. And some of them, when they gave their life to Jesus, they didn't take it again. There were some people that needed to go through rehab. Doesn't Jesus use dentists for your teeth? Do you know that this evangelist without arms and legs who's seen 1.1 million give their life to Jesus Christ, I went through counseling last year for 10 hours. Have you thought of going to speak to somebody? All those questions where you raise your lights, I felt the Lord's heart cry over you. God gave us brothers to talk. Don't be socially distant. Be social. Safe distancing, blah, blah, blah. But I'll say, we are social beings. 
and we need each other. This is the family of God. Pray for salvations. Pray for addictions to be gone. Fast. And don't just pray. Go and be the hands and feet. Oh God, bless that naked person on the street. No, go give him your jacket. Oh God, bless the 32,000 veterans who are homeless here in Dallas. How many veterans have you given a home to? How many have your church given to? How many foster parents has your church given a car to? Because if they just had a bigger car, if they just had a church to underwrite, you know, their baby, we gotta help them we gotta help those that you may not be called to be a foster parent you may not be called to give a house to somebody homeless but you can do something be the hands and feet but tonight now i want to talk to the people who don't know jesus he loves you despite what you feel despite what you know have faith God loves you. And there is nothing He cannot forgive. Nothing He cannot redeem. Nothing. Because all things are possible. So right now, I want you to know that I'm sorry if the church failed you. I'm sorry if a Christian failed you. That's not what Jesus would have done. You can't blame Christians as to why you don't follow Jesus. Because Jesus never fails. Some Christians break their promises, but Jesus never breaks his promises. It's time. I don't want to make a decision tonight. Do you know what indecision is? A decision. If tomorrow doesn't come for you here, where will you be? I know where I'll be. Up there. My dad's waiting for me up there. My first cousin's waiting for me up there. My best friend's waiting for me up there. My first cousin's three-hour-old baby is waiting up there. My mother's miscarried child is waiting up there. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? Because it's not about being good. It's about being saved and then hungering for Him, living for Him praying to him having him understanding his understanding in your heart and your mind with that renewal of why sex is for marriage sex out of marriage is never better than in marriage that's the counterfeit you can sleep with as many people as you want and still wonder do they love me You can have the popularity of the entire school and neighborhood, but you can still feel alone. You haven't found hope yet. It's the anchor for your soul, Jesus Christ. Do you have him? Want to hear more? 
consider purchasing the online access pass to the Promise Keepers 2021 conference. Get $10 off by using the code PODCAST at checkout. Visit promisekeepers.org to get your online access pass today. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app.